0: Welcome to CORE 242 Podcast, brought to you by CORE Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. Amen, amen. So again, so we're in the Ninth Commandment, um, slowly, slowly but surely we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the Ten Commandments. And this one, uh, it's translated in many ways. In, in the NIV, it's on verse sixteen, Exodus twenty, verse sixteen says, "You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor." Um, there's also a translation that says, "Bear false witness." Yeah. Um, some people just to the point, don't lie. There right. you know, so there. There's many things. So we're we're gonna talk about different things and different different uh, parts of of this commandment. But but again. What is God is looking to teach the people of Israel at that point, at that time, of why this is so important for him? Like, you would think don't lie is a natural thing for us to know. If you have a God in your life or if you don't, lying is something that you might be doing all the time, but you know you're wrong. Like it's there. There's a lot of times you don't need that conviction. You know it's it's wrong. Just like we talked about stealing. Just like we talked about killing. You naturally know that this is something they shouldn't be doing. But God is really pushing it, pushing and challenging them, and putting them in the top ten of His commandments. The this law of do not lie. Or for for us today, we're focus going to focus more about. You should not give the false testimony, given that false testimony and the power that we have in the testimony, Mm -hmm. legally and spiritually. Mm
1: -hmm. So we know that false witness, uh, as he said, some translations say lie, some translations say false testimony, false witness. Uh, What this is telling us is, and there's a few things that are encapsulated in this, you know, when it comes to lying, a lot of us, it's such a fabric, part of the fabric of society that... Even if we don't think we're doing it, we just kind of naturally do it, which we're going to get into. But the main point of today's sermon, we're going to talk about what lying is briefly. But more importantly, we're going to talk about why it's so detrimental. Why does God feel the way he does about it? Uh, But first, just getting into, so this commandment covers not only lying, which is deceiving someone, um, whether it's deceiving others or deceiving yourself or trying to deceive God, which obviously... You can't do that. He's, he knows everything. He knows us better than we even know ourselves. But this also covers slander uh, and gossip. Oh. So we may not tend to think of those things as being under the same category, uh, but slandering someone and saying something falsely about them, that's bearing false witness. Um, saying something, even if you if you think it's true, uh, and but you say something negative about someone without verifying the facts, that's considered under the same category. And gossiping about someone, which gossip can be gossip, even if you're telling the truth, mm-hmm. but you're sharing it in a way that you're you're not supposed to share. Mm-hmm. So uh, exodus twenty three one through three, uh, no, I'm sorry. exodus three twenty three one through two simply says this, do not spread false reports. Mm-hmm. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. So it's, again, sharing things in a way that tears someone down in a way that's malicious. And it just says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Because a lot of times... Uh, gossip and slander happens when you're, you know, we even do that to connect with someone. It's like, I feel like I'm closer to him because I talked about someone else, right? We
0: should pray about so and so.
1: This is true, even in the church. It's like, well, you know, I wasn't supposed to tell you this, but I'm only telling you so that you can pray about it. Well, as soon as someone says that, your warning flag should go up that that is something that shouldn't be shared. Another aspect that we don't tend to think about when it comes to lying is actually in. Leviticus chapter five, verse one, it says, if a person sins because he does not speak up, when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something he has seen or learned about, Mm. he will be held responsible. Mm -hmm. So lying can also be withholding information. Mm -hmm. When you know the truth about a situation and Mm -hmm. you hear a false allegation or you hear something and you don't stand up for the truth, that's also considered bearing false witness. It's also considered a form of deceit and lying. So lying can be not only actively what you say, but it's also passively not saying something, withholding information, you know, we might call that a little white lie or whatever, and we, we compromise. We try to make this gray, but Scripture makes this very black and white, makes it very clear.
0: Yeah, we, we just need to understand lie is a lie. It doesn't matter how you look at it and twist it and everything else. I was listening to a sermon, and, and the pastor, he he was really good at He was really funny about it, where he, he was saying how he didn't want to go to work, so... He grabbed a frozen frozen dinner and he threw it up in the air and caught it. And then he called his his boss and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I just threw up my dinner and I can't come in. What? And he's like, I didn't lie because I did throw up the thing. You know? And it was, just, it was just one of those things where like you justify it. It's like, well, I didn't really lie, but what they thought, it's on them, right? Or... Uh, he he said this. This is a good one. I think I'm gonna start using it. No, I'm not. No, I'm lying. like you can say like, oh, we have be, we have between we have two to three hundred people that come to our church. Two to three hundred people. Wow, really? Yeah, and they show between up there. between yeah. two and three hundred. But when you say two to three hundred people, they're like, oh, you have two hundred people or three hundred people. But again, they misunderstood. I said what I said. But that's weird. on them. It wasn't in them. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's just one of those things where we started like justifying we're like well it's on them they didn't they misunderstood me no you clearly led people to believe a certain way so we need, we need to realize we got to call a lie a lie when we're not being honest, uh, being honest with ourselves. and we need to and the reason we're stressing this is because how God feels about this there's there's a lot of things that God loves and there's a lot of things that God hates and uh Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 through 19, really talks about it. It says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, and a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. So you see this, this is something that, God hates this false witnessing, not being a, a giving out true testimony. It's it's he hates he I, I that word. Like, I can't imagine so doing something. Yeah, it's a very strong word the uh, that the writer uses to reflect on how God feels about lying. And they put in it with hands that shed, shed innocent blood, mm-hmm. which understanding part of the Ten Commandments, right? Again, it's echoing. The wisdom of, of, of God here, again, he hates, he hates, he hates he
1: false He actually witnesses. mentions it twice because it's a lying tongue and also a false witness. So it's, yeah. he hates it so much that it's in the list multiple times.
0: And, and then you can see that it ends with a man who stirs up dissension among brothers where because of the lies, now there's separation mm-hmm. of unity, right?
1: So the, we have three, three main points of why God hates sin. I mean, why? Obviously, he hates sin. Why God hates false witness, or why He hates lying? Um, the first reason is because we know that Jesus describes that uh, Satan himself is the father of lies, and it says in John eight forty four. This is this is where it starts to be sobering. It says, "You belong to your father the devil, and he wants to, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him." When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So part of the reason why God hates lying so much is because Satan himself is the father of lies. Um, Satan is the one who lied in the garden, and because of him, we have the the fall of, of man. We have the, the curse that all creation is under. We have division from God because of lying. Uh, and so therefore... What lies make us enemies with God, because it aligns mm-hmm. us with Satan himself. Mm. Mm. That's um, nice. a little bit And here's just another getting into the um, so not only is Satan the father of lies, but because of, uh, because of Satan, because of our sin, that actually altered our nature from being made in the image of God to being children of Satan himself, meaning that lying has become a part of our very nature that our fallen nature, that lying comes as easy to us as breathing. It literally changed and morphed our nature. And Leviticus chapter 6 says this, If anyone sins and is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving his neighbor about something, entrusted to him or left in his care or stolen, if he cheats him or finds lost property and lies about it, or if he swears falsely, so these are all examples of lying, or if he commits any such sin that people do, When he thus sins and becomes guilty, and then it says what he must do, he must not only uh, contribute restitution for whatever he lied about, but he must also atone for his sin on the altar. So the the striking thing about this is he, he actually says, as people do. So God already has assumed, he knows, again, this is part of our nature now, and we will just, that lying comes more naturally to us than actually telling the truth. So part of the reason why God hates this so much is because it, it defies our nature that we were made to be like God and we were made to be made in his image, but it actually distorts the image of God within us and makes us more like Satan himself.
0: Yeah, and then, so a lot of times when we do, we do these kind of things, we say it and they're like, oh man, well, God knows my heart, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And here's Jeremiah 16 to confront that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, 17. 17.9, it says, the heart is deceitful, Above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things. So when we're like we say something, it's like, oh well, God knows my heart. Exactly. He knows He knows your heart and it's deceitful. Your nature, like Trish just read in Leviticus, it's a natural thing for us to do all those things that was listed in Leviticus, to lie, to 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 come up with these evil things and evil thoughts. Um, Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 7. He's like, I don't want to do the things I want to do, but things that I want to do, I, keep, I don't want to do, I keep on doing it. It's not me who does it, but it's the sinful nature living in me, that who does it. It's like, I don't want to do these things, but that's who I am. Mm-hmm that's the sinful nature in me and this is Paul who is who has the holy spirit who has knowledge who has wisdom and he still fights within himself mm-hmm. he, he talks about it over and over again about beating his body to, to a submission because he knows what's inside of us mm-hmm. he knows that his heart is deceitful so we have to overcome it
1: mm-hmm. so the first reason why god hates lying is because of The nature of Satan and how it distorts our image into that very nature into this fallen nature the second reason God hates lying is because lying brings division not only does lying divide us and separate us from God um, as we see in Genesis 3 in the garden where uh, immediately they go and hide and there's this division between humanity and God where at one point there had been communion but lying also creates division uh, between Us and one another. So in Proverbs chapter 6, where we were just reading from about the six things that the Lord hates, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12 through 14 says, A scoundrel and villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, winking his eye, again, that's another, that would be he's trying to deceive someone, um, signaling with his feet, motioning with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart, he always stirs up dissension. So lying creates division, not only between us and God, but between us and other other human beings, between those who are in our community who should be our brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's the second reason. The third reason, did you we're, have? We're in Proverbs. 15. Oh, okay. So so I'm right were, there. You're so in Proverbs, so I was just I'm already there. Interview. So I'll read it. So the third reason that God hates lying so much is because lying brings death. Mm. Um, scripture goes so far as to say this. Uh, for those of you who are writing it down or following proverbs chapter 15 just a few pages after what i was just reading chapter 15 verse 4 says the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit Mm -hmm. so not only does lying have the power to to steal kill and destroy just like the enemy does but lying actually crushes the spirit so it's there's eternal and spiritual implications to a lie. That's how powerful, and that's why God feels so strongly against lying because it not only damages us in the physical realm, but it actually crushes our spirits.
0: Yeah, and the, there's a couple of, there's couple of um, examples in the Old Testament and New Testament when lying and the false testimony comes in. One is in First Kings chapter 21, and this is where this this king ahab he ahab, ahab i'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> king ahab who wanted a vineyard and he was all like pouty mm-hmm. because the the owner Naboth, Naboth? okay Abeth. i got that me one me right nabath didn't want to give it to him so he was all pouty so his his wife jezebel came up with a plan and in verse 9 it says proclaim a day of fasting and see nabath in a prominent place among the people but see two scoundrels opposite of him and have them testify that he has cursed both God and the king. They take him out and stone him to death. Yeah. Just like that. Just a false testimony that leads to death of an, innocent, of an innocent man. And of course we know that it happened in the New Testament through Jesus. Matthew 26, uh, 26 and 59. The chief priest and the whole center were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they, that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find anything about him. He was good. So they had to bring false witnesses to, to try to trick him, to try to t- testify against him so they could kill him. So that's why the testimony, the line and everything else is so powerful because it can truly take somebody's... Uh, to take somebody 's life away we see this in courts right you have testimonies people bring lawyers bring to, uh, people to testify and some tell the truth some people tell the lie and people end up in jail or in death because of this evil that is in our heart to tell uh, to falsely mm-hmm. testify
1: right and we see in the Old Testament that and and that was the law that Jesus was under was that if you had two witnesses, uh, you could actually be stoned to death on the account of two witnesses. That's all you needed. So if you could get a couple, of, like in this, these stories, you could just get a couple of, I love the word scoundrels, mm-hmm. uh, but people who are willing to give a false testimony against you, it literally could lead to death because on the on the account of two witnesses – you would be considered guilty. I mean, here in the U.S. now, you know, you, you have a jury of 12 that has to agree. We have other provisions that are in place. But you, if you have people who are willing to give a false testimony in court, as he said, you could still end up, you know, facing the death penalty because of a few people who are out to slander you and malign uh, malign you.
0: Yeah, and it's, in the Old Testament, God kind of checked that just a little bit because the law in Leviticus is the witnesses who came and gave the testimony The and. If the it was judged that if they, if they judged that they, these people should die, those two witnesses were the first people to throw the stone so I'm like, hey, if you're ready to lie and give false testimony, you're better ready to kill too so he like, I think God kind of gave like know what you're saying because your words have a lot of power, not only it's like, oh, whatever's going to happen to him like no, not only you became a liar, you also became a murderer of an innocent blood so that that was kind of just I feel like. Very powerful, and I think with Jesus, it's the same thing. When the Pilate said, "I, I wash my hands of him, they're like, "His blood is on us," mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kind of taking taking that on as false witnesses.
1: Mm-hmm. So the the latter part of this sermon, with the second half that we want to spend most of our time. Uh, the rest of this time focusing on is, again, we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir. We know that lying is wrong, and yet we kind of are all like, well, yeah, we all do it, right? <laughs> we probably do it. We stretch the truth. We exaggerate on a daily basis. Uh, I know, except except for my husband, who is pure above all else. <laughs> but I say that because it's your birthday. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So it's, it's it comes so natural to us. That if you catch a little kid who has to have the time to be taught anything, catch him doing something, what are you doing? This kid's about two years old. Nothing? It's <laughs> <laughs> not like somebody at the heart of stuff. Like it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's part so of our nature. Yeah. It literally is part of our nature. you get in nature. trouble. The, poli- the op- poli- officer pulls you over. Yeah. Um, Did you know you ran a red light? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we do that when we're back into a corner, we don't yes. want to get into trouble. Or we're afraid that people will think poorly of us. We want to impress people. There's a m- number of reasons, but it is. It's literally part of, because of the fall, it's become part of our very mm-hmm. nature. So what we want to look at is, how, on the flip side of that, why is the truth so important? Why is the truth so important? In Proverbs, we have a lot of Proverbs today. Proverbs has so much mm-hmm. wisdom. Proverbs 12, 22 reiterates it says the lord detests lying lips Mm -hmm. but the flip side of this says but he delights in those who are truthful so just as strongly as god feels about lying and about deceiving he feels equally as uh joyful he literally delights in us being truthful he delights in the truth and uh, we're going to also get into a couple of reasons why God loves the truth so much. Uh, but we all know this verse from John 14, verse 6, where it's part of God's very nature. The same way that lying is a part of Satan's nature, the truth is a part of God's very nature. Jesus answered in John 14:6. we all know this one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, Part of what Christ says, His very nature is 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 truth. So part of what we were intended to reflect and and our nature is meant to be what is good, what is right, what is noble, what is true.
0: Yeah, and John chapter four, twenty three, speaks on again just this: we as saints, we as Christians, those who have the Holy Spirit in us, we. Truth is, be, should be and is part of us. In verse 23 it says, Yet time has come and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. It's just now it's becoming a natural thing. This is what, how God is what God desires from us. It's this true worship because we're worshiping in His Spirit the only way we can and in the truth. Amen.
1: Yes. So the first reason why this is so important is that, uh, that truth telling the, the truth is part of God's very nature. And the other thing that we know about this that's revealed through Scripture, and the reason why we know this is part of God's nature, is because throughout Scripture what we see time and time again is that the truth is a sign that God's presence is with you, a sign that the Holy Spirit is with you. There's this story in 1 Kings 22 about Micaiah, who was a prophet, and mm-hmm. the, the king at that point, Ahab, again, this is this is actually right it's after the Naboth, Naboth, the story was in uh, chapter 21, this is actually chapter 22, um, he's planning to go to war, and he seeks counsel, and he says, is there not, uh, this is verse 7, Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? And the king of Israel, which is Ahab, says there is still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord. And this is what he says. But I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. Because people don't like Love the truth. So one of the ways that you know the Spirit of God is with you is because you tell the truth. And a lot of people, they, they're like, oh, I'm a prophet. I want to prophesy. Well, if that's true, a lot of people, you're going to make a lot of people mad. They are not going to like you. So they call him in, and all these prophets are saying great things. They're like, go into war. God is with you. You're going you're gonna to have victory uh, and all this stuff. And they, they say, um, they come to Micaiah, And they say, uh, this is verse 13, The messenger who had gone to Sama Micaiah said, Look, as one man, the other prophets are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. Mm. But Micaiah said, as surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. Mm. So this is a sign that the spirit of God is with him is that he says, I cannot bear false witness. I cannot tell a lie. I can only tell what God tells me. Mm. So then he comes and ironically, he actually tells the king when they ask him, should we go to war or not? And Micaiah says, attack and be victorious, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. And the king gets upset with him. And he says, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So Micaiah gives a negative report. And he says, I saw Israel scattered. You're going to have defeat. And he he tells him the, the negative news. And then, of course, Ahab gets upset. And he says, didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad. So we see that the spirit of the Lord was on Micaiah. And this is this is the evidence of the fact that the spirit is with you when you can only testify to the truth, even if it makes people upset, even if they don't like to hear what you have yeah. to say. Yeah.
0: So, And that's, because, again, it's the Holy Spirit that's guiding. He says, I, I can only say what what the Lord puts on his heart. Jesus would say the same thing. I say only what, what my father tells him to say. I do only what my father has to do. So we're looking at ourselves and, and say like, well, again, our heart is deceitful. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, we, they talk about this. Paul, Paul gives us a great, uh, great encouragement here. It says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desire, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. That is the desire. This is who we are now. Yes, we were corrupted. Yes, we were deceitful. We shouldn't be no more. We're new creation. So therefore, we should, we must, I love that, we must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbors. And again, for we are all members of one body. It's that truth that unites us, brings us back together. Deceitfulness separates us, lies separates us, but truth brings us together. The testimony brings us together.
1: Which is going to lead to our second point, but before we get into that, I want to read uh, John 16:13 as evidence of the, the truth being part of the very nature of the Holy Spirit. Um, John 16:13 says, "But when He, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth." He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit is named here as the spirit of truth. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He also leads you into the truth. And many of us, if you've been walking with the Lord long enough, sometimes you know that that truth is uncomfortable mm. to you because He reveals things about yourself that we hide even from ourselves because we lie to ourselves, right? And the Holy Spirit leads us into the truth, thankfully, most of the time, very gently because you can't handle the truth, right? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that. <laughs> So you want to get into the yeah, old nature. Yeah. So
0: it just kind of follows up on the on, on Ephesians, I'm sorry. I think I jumped the gun on that one. It's okay. Uh, so yeah. just, just to keep going and I kind of used this verse already. I just wanted to point to in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5:17. Uh, it talks of therefore if anyone was anyone is in Christ, he's the new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Many times I hear so much, well that's who I am. Yes. You hear it all yes. the time. That's who I am. Well, but you're not. But that's who I am. That's what I did. Mm. And that's what I, I keep on doing. It's, I, I still love Jesus and everything. But that's who I am. Wow. But it's not anyone, anyone who's in Christ, they're a new creation. Sorry. There's got to be a change. There's got to be renewing. Yeah. There's got to be. It's, it's that baptism. Yes. It's when, when the old has died, the new yes. has come. There, there's that there has to be that changed. So we do not look back on who we are, and we cannot be like, well, I've, at least I'm not as bad as I was. Mm-hmm. No, you're a new creation. There's no such thing as bad. Well, I, before I did this, now I just do a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. No, you're a new creation. You move forward. You, you gotta, you got you gotta live your life in a new way. Mm-hmm. Just like when the woman was brought to to jesus he, he said go and sin no more right. he didn't he didn't excuse her of her sin and just like all right keep living no go and sin no more there's a new change now you came before me i have forgiven you and now go and sin no more mm-hmm. live live your life in a different way because you have met christ and that's the same thing with us when, when we meet jesus we're a new creation and we have changed. We have repented and we have changed when we live in a new life. Mm-hmm.
1: Amen. Amen. So in 1 in John, sorry, I lost, my, I lost my place. I had to find it real quick. Um, I pulled out my little tabs here. I keep my bookmarks so that I don't lose my place, and I accidentally pulled the wrong one out. So 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 6 says this, We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So when we have the Holy Spirit, when we have the spirit of truth, again, this should transform us. That as we read the word of God, our very nature becomes, becomes changed and we need that transformation because again under sin and under the fallen uh, our fallen nature we've become corrupted and as we're made into the image of Christ and made into the image of God we that old nature needs to die and we're given a new nature one that is full of the spirit and full of truth so the the second thing that that truth does is the truth sets us free right we know this someone wants to quote it huh mm-hmm. Then we will know the truth, and the truth truth will set set you free. Amen. Amen. That was the next.
0: John 8.32. Yeah,
1: John 8.32, in case you didn't know where it was. It says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Which Cynthia quoted for us, so we got it. Amen. And then John 18. 37. 18, 37, and 38. At this point, Jesus is uh, under under a, he's being judged. He's been under arrest. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And Pilate questions him, and he says, you are a king then. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, for this reason I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Mm-hmm. So the very reason why Christ came, the very purpose, his mission, he says is to testify to to the truth. That's how important the truth is. That the very reason why Christ came, his entire mission is summed up in that one thing. That he's here to reveal the truth about God's word, the truth about the Father, and the truth about who he is. And then he says this, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Mm. So if, we, if the truth is in us, if we have decided that the Holy Spirit and the spirit of truth is within us, then we will listen to the words of Jesus. We will be obedient to the testimony and the things that he's asked us to do the next one it's really small you got it no you're right there
0: oh all right mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry so we're in Ephesians chapter four
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm, all, I'm excited about you're literally on the page <laughs> God, it, Ephesians, it's in verse 22, 25. Ah, it's the next page. Thank
0: you. See, I, 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 there is a, there's a reason why I was I lost. wrote
1: the notes today. Sorry, they're really small. So it's usually he writes the notes. Wait, <laughs> the, we read that. I know, but you're reiterating it.
0: So. Ah, okay.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back in Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 22. 25, yeah. 22, 25?
1: Yeah. there <laughs> This is what happens when I write really
0: small. Sorry, guys. I'll just read it for you, and and then Trish will expand on it. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self when it's being corrupted by the deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off the falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body.
1: So as members of one body... Uh, the opposite, when, where lying creates division and dissension and divides us, the truth actually binds us together as the body of Christ. The truth brings believers together. So that's another reason why God loves the truth, because it does the opposite. The destruction and division that lying causes, the truth actually binds us and brings us together and unifies us for God's purposes. Amen. Amen. So the last and final point about why God loves the truth is that the truth gives us life, and helps us to overcome the enemy and all of his schemes. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Proverbs four twenty three. Okay, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, but then you you tell me I'm 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 on a roll. I'm just going to roll Run with it. Run it. Proverbs four twenty three. One little birthday. <laughs> I know. I know. He, he partied too hard this weekend. Proverbs four twenty three. Uh, the same way that we read that, uh, that the heart, above all else, is deceitful. Um, scripture teaches us, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. So the same way that lying brings death, God loves the truth because out of the truth comes life. Truth is life-giving. Even if we don't like what it has to say, even if it makes us uncomfortable, out of truth comes this new life, comes eternal life, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see in Revelation 12.1, we're, we're about to land here. So Revelation 12.1. Okay. No, Revelation 12.
0: 12.11. 12, Sorry, that makes way more sense.
1: 12.11. It says this, they overcame him, By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm. So we very often think of the fact that what Christ did through the cross and his resurrection is what brings us eternal life. But we actually see here that through the word of our testimony, remember the opposite, it said, do not bear false testimony, do not bear false witness. But when we testify to the truth, when we give a true testimony about what God has done and his goodness, It says they overcame him, meaning Satan, meaning Satan's kingdom, not only by the blood of the lamb, but God gives us this incredible opportunity to partner with him in becoming victorious over sin and death and evil. Through the word of our testimony. That's how powerful your testimony is, is that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That not only the work that Christ did on the cross, but you and I get to partner with that work in pushing back the gates of hell until eventually Satan and death and his kingdom are completely overthrown and completely finished.
0: Yeah, and as we're, as actually been reading through Revelation, it's all the all those signs and all the spirits and all the angels are coming at. And one of the things, the amazing thing that happens, the first <coughs> angel that uh, that's being released is the first angel that puts a seal on the saints, But mm-hmm. uh, those who testified the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus. And in Ephesians chapter one, verse thirteen and fourteen, it actually talks about this. It says, "And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of the truth." The gospel of the salvation. So when we talk about truth, we're talking about that gospel, right? The um, gospel of your salvation. Heaven believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That's our that's our mark. That's our seal. The, the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Who is deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when we're looking at revelation of what to come. When we will be brought up before God the Father, we have this seal upon us, which is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we heard the truth. Because somebody shared the truth with us. Somebody has testified to us. We might have heard the gospel in the church. You might have heard the gospel somewhere else. But all of a sudden, somebody came up and reached out and touched mm-hmm. you and said, let me tell you, let me testify about what God has done in my life. Mm-hmm. And just like sin, like lies can break somebody down and cause to death, our testimony is so powerful, mm. our, us speaking the truth, so powerful they can bring the people to the Lord. They can get to a point of where they would be sealed with the Holy Spirit, and they can just wait and stand there and each and every morning wake up and say, Come, Lord Jesus, come, because there's no fear mm. of what's to come because of the sealing, because of that testimony that we, sh- we share. And that's what's important. And even going back to the old testament, going back to to the Mount Sinai, what are the Israelites gonna do? They're gonna go and live their life to represent who God is with their lives and with their testimonies. So when people look to them, they can testify this is how good our God is, that we were slave in Egypt and he brought us out with miracle signs, he brought us through the desert, he brought us through the Red Sea. What a testimony that we walked through the Red Sea. What did you do today? Yeah. That's a testimony. That's how good my God is. We woke up every morning and we had manna came out of from heaven. We were able to eat. We had we had meat that came out of no. We had water coming out of rocks. That's a testimony of how powerful God is. What did your God do? It's just a statue just stood there. Ooh. So when people come to us and they're like, well, I did this and I did that and my job and, and my money and my whatever and my fame. And well, what did it do to you? This, let me tell you how much life my God has given me. But so that's the power of the testimony. And that's why we've got to speak the truth. And that's why it's important to always speak the truth. Because when they start catching you in your lies, then when you're speaking the truth, there's, there's, no, there's it nothing. Discredits it the discredits gospel. the truth. Mm-hmm. That's why we as Christians we have to live that life, above reproach, right?
1: So the final, the final thing that is that God uses is our very purpose, is as we mentioned, is to bear witness, is to testify, mm-hmm. and this is not only for us, but God has always been trying to create a people mm-hmm. who would bear witness to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. About who God is. Because remember, even our testimony is not just to draw attention to us. Like, oh, wow, I was this horrible person and I did this and I did that. And now, look at me. I'm a good person. Mm. No, your testimony should always draw eyes to the work that Christ did on the cross. To what God is doing in you and to the truth of who God is. That's a testimony. In Isaiah 43 starting in verse nine, it says, let them bring in witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it is true. So again, this is the Old Testament. So God has been looking for witnesses. It's part of the very foundation of who we are, that in God, we would testify. It's, and verse 10 says this, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, my servant who I have chosen so that you may know and believe and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there ever be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. This is what we're meant to be testifying. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what it means to testify. This is what the truth is. And lastly, it says, in, and this is what in the New Testament we've been commissioned to do in Acts chapter 10, verse 42 and 43, he says this, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God has appointed, meaning Jesus, as judge of the living and the dead. All of the prophets have testified about him and that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through His name, so we see this testimony that God has been looking for truthful witnesses since the creation of time. And our our purpose as believers, our purpose as the church, mm-hmm. is to testify to the truth, is to be witnesses of the truth of Christ, of His salvation, of the gospel, and of who God is in and around us, and through all of creation. Amen. Mm.
0: Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.